0: I have a question for you. Why do you bet on sports? Think about it. The way I see it, there are three types of gamblers. You're homers. The bets placed by this group are predictable. Home team and the over. Rooting for the home team isn't enough. They don't just want to see the home team win. They want to see a blowout. They want fireworks. All of the points. Your professionals are the next group. Not many gamblers fall into this group, but we all want to. They're all in. It's a career, not a hobby for these folks. Last are your average Joes. This is the group where most gamblers fall into. They'll tell you that they break even, but they don't. They bet to make a game more interesting. We are a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast. Again, I ask, why do you bet on sports? (laughs)
1: and The Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today.
0: Penn State football, Temple football, and national wind totals.
1: All right, time to cash in. All right, Shane, it is my absolute favorite time of the year. It's college football season. I, I honestly, I was... <laughs> I'm like a child. Like I was, I was cleaning my grill today because I'm so excited for the first Saturday to like just just be outside. Got the TV going outside. I literally got up on a step stool to uh, clean the t- TV screen. It's been been sitting there all summer. Uh, uh, I, I I love college football, honestly. Just just more than anything, and I, I mean that too. I'm not I'm not using any hyperbole. People say. You know, I love my child's laugh the most. No, I, I love college football more than anything. And, and waking up on the first Saturday of college football is it, it's my favorite day. I have decided it is my just my favorite thing in the world. It's literally the only day of the year where I have any kind of spring in my step getting out of bed. Um, so I'm so excited that our first episode we get to talk about uh, college football and and especially a team that is uh, uh, near and dear to our hearts. And that is the Penn State Nittany Lions. So before we get into uh, some some over-unders and team win totals uh across the country. We're going to talk about some of our, our local teams, but we have to start with with Penn State, who uh, you know, Shane and I basically bonded over since the day we met. And uh uh Shane is a a Penn Stater. I am I am not and I have to constantly explain myself to people uh that I can be a fan, but not having attended the school. But uh um Shane, what are your what are your thoughts on on this? upcoming penn state season i think it's going to be an interesting one but what's your what what are some of your takeaways from uh camp and and what's to come
0: i just hope it's better than the past two years Uh, i I really do i mean 11-11 past two years for penn state football is it's just not acceptable as we look back at i guess 2020 right shortened season it was the past two years have been just strange years right 2020 they start off by losing five straight and then they start to seem like they're figuring it out. They win four straight to end the year. They start 2021 off hot. They have a few big wins, a few big road wins as well. They start off with five straight wins, but then they lose six of seven, right? Yep. Including the bowl yep. game. Yep. Uh, it, uh, total, yeah.
1: Yeah. Total total collapse. I mean, I yeah. mean, and and there's a lot of a lot of things to blame for it. Uh, I think the the number one reason though is they were never able to get any semblance of a run game going at all. It was absolutely painful to watch the entire season. They tried everything. Kevon Lee showed a couple flashes. Noah Kane, who's no longer with the team, obviously got hurt, um, hurt. I got it. he probably got hurt the first or second series of the season, if I'm remembering correctly. So they were never able to get the run game together. A lot of it's on the offensive line. I mean, they have they bring in very highly touted recruits, you know, across the board, honestly, for the past couple of years. Um, and I think that that was, you know, a a big part of, of how they were, were able to, to get over the hump and, and, and win a couple of those games early on, but they have to have some sort of a run game this year. And, uh, luckily they have the best freshman running back in in the country, arguably in Nick Singleton this year. So he might, he may be able to step in and, uh, you know, wouldn't shock me if he's the team leader in, in rushing yards by the end of the year, but I think he could be, uh, You know, using him sparingly early on and and Kevon Lee getting most of the workload. But what are what do you think are reasons for fans to be optimistic about Penn State this year?
0: It's going to be a surprising answer, but Sean Clifford, as as I'm starting to do some research, I mean, it's really good to have a senior quarterback and he's in his what, 12th year now. (laughs) So. Having a veteran, I think his son is playing wide receiver for him. <laughs> having a veteran quarterback, it's going to help. I don't think anyone's too excited to have Sean Clifford as a starring quarterback again. However, no. you know the first five games again last year before his injury, he was playing pretty well. And the big thing that he needs to do this year is not turn the ball over. When he turns the ball over, Penn State loses. It sounds as simple as that, but but it's the truth. And I think I think if he can, you know tune back on some of those, you know, double interception games and Penn state really has, has a chance to be in every single game. They were in most of the games last year. Uh yeah. what, what do you think about, I guess right off the bat, we have Purdue on mm-hmm. the road to open the season conference conference game. I mean, that I, can make or break the season right there, right? I,
1: I, yes. Same thing last year. And I absolutely loved it. Now, uh, they were able to get by Wisconsin in, in Wisconsin, which was just a phenomenal, phenomenal win for, for, for the team. Um, but this is a third straight season, I believe, that they're playing a Big Ten opponent on the road to start the season. And look, I am not a snob, for lack of a better word. I'm not saying that this is not fair for Penn State, but guess guess who's not playing a Big Ten opponent on the road for the third straight season? Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, it's an odd scheduling uh, quirk i guess uh so it's really difficult it's very very difficult to beat a team on the road now you're playing on a thursday night as well so that's that that throws me off i mean um you got thursday night game in purdue uh, or at purdue i should say uh you know i think penn state is three point favorites last time i looked which was uh earlier today um purdue's not going to be the strongest team this year. But this is a, t- it's a very tough game to start your season with because you're, I mean, you're coming out of camp and you still have some question marks, you know, around the field. I, I think you have enough leadership guys and, and and veterans on the team. You know, like you said, Sean Clifford, he's going to be huge in that game. It's, you know, it's better to have a fifth-year guy than than a freshman starting in, on the road in a Big Ten game start the season. So I, I think its it's, you know, I don't want to say it's unfair, but it's just an odd, it's odd. It's just odd that this is the third year in a row they've had to do it um
0: going back i, I think the yeah. other thing that i'm really excited for is it's joey porter jr i oh,
1: yeah. think
0: uh last year he he really proved that he can hang with some of the best wide receivers uh in the country you see where where some of those ohio state guys got drafted and yep. in the league and you know he's gonna have the same challenges this year uh so i think uh i think he really has a chance to prove himself though i think if he can uh go one-on-one with some of the the top uh wide receiver talent in the conference it's really going to set Penn State up to to get after the quarterback and 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 slow down the the opposing offenses.
1: Penn State's secondary in, in general is phenomenal. Joey Joey Porter Jr. is going to be a first round draft pick next year. And and I think uh, he's got the talent, but he, he just has the size. He has just insanely long arms that are uh, you know, he, he got they kind of got in the way of him a lot last year. I, I can't remember the the total amount of penalties, but it was more than more than he had wanted for sure. Um but but uh terry smith who's the assistant coach and the the d-backs coach said he has five nfl cornerbacks on his team and and i think that there's i think there's some truth to that because again cornerback is a little bit up in the air who's going to be playing opposite joey porter jr you know i think it'll it'll probably be be Kalen king if i had to guess because Daquan hardy played very well uh, as a nickel last year and you know Kalen king was really getting hyped up since he stepped on campus last year, but um, you know, you, you 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 figure there's a very strong case we made that the two best players on Penn State's roster are going to be safety Jair Brown and and cornerback Joey Porter Jr. and that really is going to come in handy when you're playing Ohio State with with Marvin Harrison Jr. and and you know more importantly the guy who uh, will most likely be the he's I'm not saying most likely he's got to be the best wide receiver in the nation this this Jordan Addison USC thing I'm, I'm so over it Jackson Smith and Jigba is absolutely the best receiver in the country and Joey Porter going up against him when they play Ohio State is uh, arguably the the matchup you know I, I'm, there's, I'm going to talk about a lot of players that I, I'm excited to see but one matchup that I want to see because that's the best of the best that's gonna that could make him a you know a top 10 draft pick if he if he can do something against uh against a talented receiver like that so um it's good that penn state has a strong secondary this year because the big 10 is filled with really talented wide receivers the other uh question mark not not necessarily it's a bad thing but uh they need to find another linebacker and you know i think that you're gonna you're gonna have curtis jacobs obviously will will start and then uh, uh, jonathan sutherland will move from from the secondary and whole play linebacker um this year and then you you kind of have a a battle Sort of still going on. They don't have to release depth charts anymore, I, I believe, the week leading up to games. But um, you're looking at Kobe King, who's Kalen King's brother, who redshirt freshman, uh, a little bit of experience, than Tyler Tyler Elson um, to, to to play you know middle linebacker. So it's 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 interesting to see there, and it's interesting that possibly a weakness on the defense is linebacker. I do think somebody's going to step up though in that position and and, and play really well. Um, it's it's. It's not an easy thing to do. I, I think for for the coaching staff to to throw guys in who haven't played a lot last year, especially when you're playing a Big Ten opponent on the road on a Thursday night to start the season. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Elton get the get the nod there. Um, but but throughout the season, I think you're going to see a lot of guys kind of rotating in and out, and especially linebacking core and and in the secondary, um, on the defensive line. The the player everyone wants to talk about is deny Dennis Sutton, who uh, you know, was a five star defensive end. I think he's gonna step up when, when he gets on the field and it'll kind of be like, you know, early Michael Parsons, where you saw those flashes right away of like, wow, this is a different, different level of player. Um, I think that's what you're gonna see with him. I I don't know, at what point he's just starting every game playing, you know, the majority of the snaps. And I, I know they, they want to be somewhat careful because they have a lot of talent on their defensive line as well. So as you can see, I'm very excited for, for this season season to begin. There's, there's a lot of interesting storylines this year, uh, but will those interesting storylines uh, uh, come back to bite us or are they going to translate into wins? We will see. And uh, I think that's a good, good segue into what do you think, Shane? Eight and a half.
0: Eight and and a half. So before we get into giving our predictions for the, uh, Penn State over under for this year. Let's walk through the schedule, right? This is going to be a big piece of it. So, we talk about Purdue uh, already, and that is a Thursday night, and uh, we mentioned the challenges that that go along with that game. Penn State on the road is a a slight favorite, so um, it looks like Vegas is a little optimistic that that Penn State will be able to to squeak that one out to, let to me, start the
1: year. Let me let me ask you this real quick what's your take on do you buy into uh the the home team or I'm sorry the road team automatically getting 3 points or do you think that the bookmakers are setting it you know concerning the environment we're going to talk about temple in a second they have the worst environment you'll ever see in college football so i so mean, you mean the
0: the home team i actually uh, yes, yes yes yeah oh yeah
1: i'm sorry yep yep
0: um so that's that, that-
1: it was like an old rule of thumb. It's but I don't old, yeah, think it was it's always like anymore. the
0: old rule of thumb. I think with, um, you know, the the COVID seasons that happened, and I, this was more for the NFL that that I think that rule really existed more so than college football. College football is a completely different animal. The way the stadiums are set up, and uh, you know the environments that that the players are put in are much different from the NFL. Now in the NFL, it was always three points. I don't think that's true anymore. Yeah. I think uh, you know the COVID shortened season when there were no fans. It sort of changed the way that uh that we approach that um in terms of how i look at that for gambling I, I don't have that that automatic three-point bid for for that in college football i never really considered the three points as much i consider more of the the fan bases i mean there's yeah. some fan bases that are just extremely difficult to play and i think you know iowa has proven that within yep. the big 10 for, yep. for the past decade or so even you know whenever you see at iowa it's it's going to be a tough game no matter who you are going into that stadium and playing
1: it's funny you mentioned Iowa. i was, I was- uh, listening uh, yesterday to uh, the Dirt podcast, uh, also on the Believe Network, which is uh, Matt McGloin, former Penn State quarterback, and uh, Tom Hannafin, who's a ESPN reporter. But uh, the question came up about, you know, Iowa has the pink visitor locker rooms. And, you know, Matt McGloin was kind of like, it's like stupid, but you're thinking about it the whole time because you're just like, this is really distracting because you're thinking like, okay, I know it's pink, like everything's pink in this locker room. He, he said he would get ready for the game in the hallway. He would do his stretches in the hallway <laughs> as opposed to locker room. But, uh, but yeah, no, I just, I think, um, you know, Penn State being three point favorites, uh, I don't think it means you're going to win the game by or you're really six point favorites just because, yeah. uh, uh, they're, they're that much better than than Purdue. I think Purdue's a good team. Um although missing their starting tight end for uh, at least this game I believe the whole season which which could be a little hit for hit for them but uh, uh nonetheless a tough tough opponent
0: so week 2 we have uh first home game of the year ohio easy win yeah it's right? just a win yep all right so the That's next like the challenge game
1: they'll score, you know the score 70 points in or something
0: yeah the, the next challenge really comes we had the uh the one and one with auburn last year we we had the home game this year we have to travel and play uh at auburn what are your early thoughts on this game? This is this is another challenge for the team.
1: Yeah, I I I just don't think Auburn is that good this year. Um, I think that they were on the verge of firing their coach after one year with all the uh, kind of the the extracurriculars. I'll call it with with Brian Harson. Um, uh, there's just a lot of distractions. They 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 obviously don't have Bo Nix anymore, which I don't I don't know Bo picks. I don't know if that's a good thing or, or not. Um, but I, I I'm I'm confident going into that game. Obviously, I want to see what the team looks like. But I think just on paper right now, I believe Penn State is the better team than Auburn, uh, before a game's been played. But you know, when we talk about that in a couple of weeks, uh, I might I might have a change too and we'll we'll see what, what both teams look like. But my my hunch is Penn State's a better, better team.
0: So after Auburn, two more home games, mm-hmm. Central Michigan, easy win, Northwestern again. Yeah. Shouldn't easy. be any trouble. No. Now is where uh, we uh we have a we have a tough stretch here. So Penn State at Michigan, yeah, it's that's a gonna loss. be a tough one. It's, that's it's a, so, a, lo- that's it's a, a
1: loss. a loss. Absolute loss. There's no way.
0: Then at home against uh, Minnesota,
1: that's the whiteout game, which everyone's furious about. Um, you're gonna win that game. That, that's Minnesota's that, good.
0: That's a game you gotta watch out for. It's 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 right in between the Michigan and Ohio State game. That's a team that if you look past you know, that's a loss well, and that, that destroys your season.
1: They got us two years ago with, with Kirk Chiracca as our offensive coordinator. So we hired Kirk Chiracca total disaster. Now he's back with Minnesota and apparently had a, uh, uh, what, what I would have to believe is an awkward, uh, team meeting. I, I think that, um, PJ Fleck, the head coach of Minnesota was basically like, look, we want to bring this guy back. Is everyone cool with it? And they were kind of like, well, let's talk to him first. So, <laughs> uh, kind of a weird scenario there, but, uh, and, and Michigan is always a tough, Tough game for Penn State, but I, I do think that um everyone's unhappy that this is your whiteout because you play Ohio State at home. So everyone and but they they moved again. I think it's a noon kickoff or something. So everyone is is unhappy that this is the whiteout, but I think that the fan base will get up for it even more and just be like, we're going to go extra hard because we're unhappy. A, This has to be a wide out game. So we got to win it. I, I think that's a game where, where the crowd plays plays a big factor. Um, Minnesota's a tough team. I think Penn State is, is better than them as well. So that's a game you have to win. Absolutely have to win.
0: So then we, again, you just mentioned. Ohio but State you got to remember, you're coming off a loss home.
1: because you're not going to beat Michigan. <laughs> so... You really got to regroup quick for for Minnesota. Uh,
0: I, I wouldn't rule that out. I, I, I have I have four games scheduled or four games marked as as some of those uh, coin flip games. Yeah. Uh, the one scheduled loss I think is is Ohio State at home, which is to close out October. We do have them at home. You know, we we, yeah. we took care of it. Was it five years ago? Six years ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was but a while ago. I, I don't see them being being the Ohio State team this year. Mm-hmm. Too talented.
1: No. I yeah. I just don't think they can. I I, I have that scheduled as a loss as well.
0: So after that, uh, the schedule lightens up in November. We have uh, on the road at Indiana yeah, it's a win uh, at home at Mara uh, against. Remember, uh, Maryland. remember
1: two years ago, Indiana won like nine games. <laughs> it was the biggest fluke ever. There was I remember reading, reading stuff about it. And they were like the amount of turnovers they were getting in like key spots. It was like this has never happened in the history of college football. It'll never happen again. And they had a lot of stats like that where like so many things went their way. And then last year they showed that, yeah, they're, they're they're trash. And yeah, that'll be an easy win. I can't stand. I can't stand Tom Allen.
0: Any issues there? Nope. (laughs) Didn't think so. All right. And then here's, here's the other one I have as, as one of those coin flip games, Michigan state, uh, Penn state has them at home. So Michigan state, I just don't know what to make of the team this year, right? Two years ago, they get two and 11 last year, 11 and two. what, I mean, they're they're over under set seven and a half. I I truly don't know what to expect.
1: Yeah, I I don't either. That's I mean, we're talking over unders. I'm staying far away from Michigan State's total because I I agree with you. I, I, you know, I think that the good news is you get them at home. Uh, We played them on the road last year. Got, and was it two or three years ago? They played them in that game. They got like delayed by weather. They should have beat them. They ended up losing. It was a slop game. Um, But yeah, Michigan State's tough. They beat. I mean, they beat us last year, but that was we were you know, scrambling at the end of the season last year. So and they were, they were having, you know, a heck of, heck of a heck of a run. So I, I think that there's just no way they repeat what they did last year. Um, so that, that's another game that I kind of have marked as, as a toss up, you know, more than a, a confident winner loss.
0: All right. So what's the, what's the current over under for, for Penn state this year, Joe
1: Eight and a half.
0: Eight and a half. Are you laying it?
1: Yeah, they, they wouldn't, they win nine games. They win nine games. Uh, because, and I, you know, you avoid Iowa and Wisconsin. So that's huge. Right, right there. You don't have to play either of those teams. I think they'll be I'm Purdue. I'm not
0: afraid of Wisconsin this year. Really? Mm.
1: Okay. I always, I, I always, especially got to go there and stuff, but I, I would rather not play them than play them up. I'll, I'll say that. Um, maybe not this year. but uh, uh, I'm confident they beat Purdue and Auburn. Uh, so you I, have,
0: you have nine and three. So you yeah. have the loss to Ohio state the loss Lost at to Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. and then you're tossing one more and then, game in there.
1: Yeah, then they lose. They they either lose to, you know, I mean, look at the Illinois 18 overtime game last year, something like that. I don't think that's going to happen again, but maybe you'll lose to Michigan State at the end of the year. Um, you know, maybe you'll lose the whiteout to Minnesota. I don't think you will, uh, but that's that's a possibility. Um, so I'm I'm factoring in they'll they'll probably lose another game somewhere along the way. Um Penn State has a habit of getting into in into really tough situations against teams they they should beat. Um and that I I'm just factoring that in, but I'm pretty confident on the over that this team's gonna win nine games.
0: I lean over as well. I okay. think uh I think nine games is is where where it's at. I think they they have the possibility to finish anywhere from eight and four to, to ten and two this year. Uh as we look at uh the, the over under, I, I recommend everyone shop the lines. I was able to to find one at, at eight today. You're landing a little bit more, minus one forty five, mm-hmm. but I, I don't see a way that, that Penn State finishes without eight wins this year. So yeah, I'm leaning that's I'm leaning over. Find, over no, that's eight awesome. and a half.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's the good. Now on to the bad, the Temple football
0: owls. So the Temple over under is two and a half. And and Joe, I'll I'll ask you for your prediction in in a little bit here. So (laughs) last year, uh, Temple had lost, let's see, seven straight games uh, at one point. They lost uh, seven of eight in the conference. Uh, They closest conference game, right? Closest conference loss was 20 points. They lost every oh. game by 20 or more points in the conference, except for the one that they won. Great. That's and, great. And, you know, looking none of the games, you know, there, there was, there was one game that was close besides that they can't score and they can't stop anyone. So that's all I really have about temple.
1: What let me, take? Yeah, I have a take. Let me, let me, let me go back to the beginning of my, my temple football football life. We'll call it. So. 10, 15 years ago, something like that. Uh, Temple goes to play at the Link. And they have this contract with with the Link to play home games there. They are they were still in the Big East at the time. They were I went to a game, they played they played Miami. And I walk like literally I'm five minutes late and I walk in, uh, Sonoris Moss returned the opening kick for a touchdown, and then on the first play, Temple actually had a possession, pick six. So it's 14 nothing. And I swear there was 30 seconds off of game clock. Like they were horrible. So, so anyway, my, my dad decides he's going to get Temple football season tickets because Penn State was coming to Temple and they were going to play two games against Penn State that would be a Temple over the course of three years. And that would be the cheapest way to get the, honestly, to buy the full season ticket for Temple would be the cheapest way to make sure you have a Penn State ticket in a good seat. So that's what we do. So you know, we go to like a couple of the games, and it's just it's hilarious how bad they are. They couldn't do anything right. I saw them lost, I saw them lose a the game to Villanova. Like it was just a joke. They were all all transfers, a ton of junior college transfers, uh, just just ungodly bad. So when I'm in college, I'm writing for a Philly sports website, and I am covering Penn State football, Temple football, and Villanova football, and th- that was a terrible mistake. So it's uh, wa- trying to trying to watch all these games uh it's brutal to watch temple villanova you could see a couple games on tv um, and then every sunday morning i'm waking up like with the worst hanger of my life and i have to write three articles about uh temple villanova and penn state football so i've followed temple football for for a while um and then i start uh i start writing like a little bit after college for an sb nation website covering temple football and they're good now this is matt rule it's turning the corner. And they, ha- they have a game against Notre Dame right the week before they get moved. I think they were like 23rd in the country. College game day goes to Philly for Temple. They end up losing Notre Dame. It's the best college football game I- I've ever been to. It was just a great game. Uh, it was freezing. It was Halloween night, I remember, ice cold. Matt Rule comes out. He's wearing uh, short sleeves, which was just great. Uh, the link's obviously packed. And you have a ton of Notre Dame fans there who are, the God, the worst people on the planet. Um, so there's a bunch of them there. Good atmosphere. Everything's awesome. They end up losing the game, but it's a great game. If that arena, I'm like, all right, Temple is going to be a really good football program for a very long time. Flash forward to Baylor hiring Matt Rule. Smart, smart hire. Uh, Temple then goes through a couple different coaches. So Temple scrambling and they hire Rod Carey from Northern Illinois. And he wasn't some like hotshot, like an in innovative mind, not like a young guy, really. There was nothing exceptional about Rod Carey, he had a couple good seasons at northern illinois and temple hires this guy and it's a total disaster and now you're back to square one when you look at the you look at the temple you look at the temple roster and again you're getting transfers from better schools you know they hire they hire stan drayton who has been a running running back coach for forever most recently with texas so you get uh, you get a transfer from from texas a&m in a and Devon Hubbard, and then you get a, ta- a transfer from Illinois and, and Jakari Norwood at running back because they, you know, want to play for Stan Drake, and they they obviously think that uh, that's a step forward in in their careers and and can be good. But, um, you know, you can't really win with a couple running backs and and Temple's now working transfers in across the board. They they have uh, serious issues everywhere, and especially at the quarterback position. I, you know, they 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 bring in a transfer. Uh, I believe he was from. Uh, it was North Dakota State, maybe. So he'll compete against Juan Mathis, who was at one point a, a Georgia commit, um, and I think he actually was at Georgia f- for maybe a year with Jake Fromm. Um, but you know, he he did nothing special last year. It, it's it's an uphill battle. I think the administration of Temple is going to give Stan Drayton a pretty pretty long leash. Um, but but it's gonna be it's gonna be really. It's going to be a really tough uphill battle for Sandra. And it's not like, you know, the Americans, okay. Cincinnati won't be as good as they were last year after losing a lot. Uh, their their non conference schedule is nothing crazy, but I I just, it's such a disaster. And what should have been a really good football program at this point in time is a, just a laughing stock. Again, they're just completely back to where they were. And, and, Stan Drayton has a huge task ahead of him to to clean this up and and figure it out uh, and and hopefully fast. But it's it's a shame what they did for you know, a program that Al Golding kind of took over a long time ago. Uh, Al Golden takes it over and kind of saves it, and then Matt Rule comes in and just does a phenomenal job and to not be able to get players after, after the season they had is it, it's, it's a shame. I mean, it's, it really is a shame what happened to temple football. And I, I feel bad for uh, their fan because I think there's only one of them left, um, but it'll, it'll be, it'll be a, a tough season. So uh, I don't think I, I need to to tell you that I'm going under the two and a
0: half. <laughs> yeah. two 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 and a half is tough. Uh, you are getting some positive money on the under. Uh, I, I would lean, I would lean under as well. I, I think that's a low number, two and a half, but there as you described, there there's not much optimism in this program.
1: You you have you have to beat three of these teams, is is what I figure, because you're gonna lose every single other game. You have UMass. You're pro- UMass will probably beat you. Uh, you have Lafayette, that's gonna be your win. Uh, you have UCF; they're going to beat you. You have Tulsa; Tulsa is going to beat you. You have East Carolina; East Carolina is going to beat you. And then you have Duke. Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry; you have Duke and Rutgers. So Duke is again; they're they're horrible. They could beat Duke. Duke's breaking in a new coach as well, but uh, I, I that, that'll be a close game. And then Rutgers, I think, beats Temple. I think that's that's game. Mean, Rutgers
0: 61 61-14 last year.
1: So I mean, it's yeah. So I I, I don't know where the, I mean. Do you see it? Do you see where the third win is?
0: No, no, it's gonna be a battle.
1: I don't think they've decided on the quarterback. I mean, it, it's it's gonna be a total it's a total mess. And I, I don't I don't say it. I, I don't see how they beat I, I mean, is not great, but they're better than Temple. You know, is gonna score a million points on them. I, I just don't I don't say it. So you're getting positive money on the uh on the under. I would get all over that now.
0: Joe, now that we covered the local teams, let's jump into some of the national landscape team over unders. Tell me some of your favorites for this year.
1: All right, I'm going to give you. Well, first off, I'm going to start with with my absolute favorite uh, over under prop for for the season, and it is Kansas State. Right now, and you're you're going to pay pay a little bit, uh, but it's six and a half, and it's uh, looks like. Where I'm saying it's it's just a minus two hundred, uh, that over six and a half, it's free money though, uh, because one Kansas State's good, and two their their schedule is not exactly difficult. Your first uh, three games are South Dakota, Missouri, and Tulane. I think you win those games. Kansas State's played Oklahoma tough, and obviously Oklahoma is not going to be the same team they were last year. I think you get a win there uh, TCU is, is not going to have a great year this year. Um, Oklahoma state's going to be very good. You're going to lose that game. Uh, then you play Texas and we're going to get to, I'm going to get to Texas at least in a, in a second. Um, but, but I think they could beat Texas. Uh, they're going to kill West Virginia. They're going to kill Kansas. I, I'm, a, I'm a little, actually I'm a little bullish on Kansas, but I think that Kansas state will beat them. Um, and you're going to lose to Baylor at Baylor. That's, that's, you're gonna have to accept that, but I, I don't, really see how they don't win at least seven games i think a lot of things would have to go wrong and i think there's a couple factors at play here i think that the first is uh adrian martinez of course many big 10 fans know him from nebraska is your starting quarterback uh however reports have been pretty positive about adrian martinez saying that he's looked re- really good and he's with a, a pretty good quarterback coach and in, in chris climate now who was actually carson wentz's coach at a um at at uh North Dakota State. So you know I think I think there's some optimism that Martinez can can play well in this offense and then you have in my opinion the best running back in the country um in Deuce Vaughn. So I know that a lot of people are going to talk about Bijan Robinson at uh, at Texas but but I I'm, I'm I'm really really uh really high on, on Deuce Vaughn. I think he's he's really an impressive running back. So I mean, I think that on on that alone, you you really have ha, have a good chance to score a lot of points and and win a lot of games, and then your defense comes back, and you have a lot of experience on defense. So I, I you know I I just don't I don't see how they don't win at least seven games. I'd be confident taking this at at seven and a half and going over it. I just I just don't see it. There's there, there's some bad teams that they're playing that I that they can win. All right, Shane, and what do you got for your uh, <laughs> your first pick? <laughs>
0: All right, my first pick, I am sticking with the Big Ten. I am going the Big Ten West. I mentioned I'm not a fan of Wisconsin this year. That is because Nebraska is going to win the Big Ten West. Their over-under is at 7.5, right? Yeah, oh, you're, you're one of
1: these people.
0: Last year, 3-9. and nine. So why is it 3-9 and nine teams uh, over-under at 7.5? Well, in 2021, they had a really tough schedule. Their three games against uh, the Big Ten East was Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Who do they have this year? Indiana, Rutgers, and Michigan. So there's one scheduled loss yeah. in there, but the Indiana, Rutgers, those are much easier than the Michigan State, Ohio State that they had to face last year. Uh, also, this team, nine of their losses were by nine points or less. They went three and nine, and all yeah. nine losses by, by nine points yeah, or less.
1: That's That's a really good tip and a, a really good stat to look for um i actually have something similar in a, in a couple picks here but but yeah that's uh i think i think there's a lot of buzz around nebraska i think that that's a big reason why they they play tough in a lot of games
0: so they have i have four games that i think are going to be their their most challenging right so oklahoma they're at michigan they're at iowa and they have wisconsin at home that Wisconsin game is going to be a big one because they slip up anywhere else. I think that Wisconsin game is a game that can really set the tone for for them yeah. hitting this over this over at eight. So uh, over seven and a half, lock it in.
1: All right. My next one, another another team that I'm, I'm really high on this year, and I don't quite understand why the number is where it is. It's uh, North Carolina State. So they they play a very very weak non conference schedule, which is always good to get get out of the gate strong. Uh, the other thing that I, I've looked for in, in a lot of these picks is, you know, what, what do I think about their head coach? I think Dave Dorn's a very good coach. They've won nine games under him uh, a lot. I, I I think the last three two at least two years, they've won nine games under him. Um, And then you have a quarterback who, you know, if you're looking for a long shot to win the Heisman, uh, I think Devin Leary is is as good as good as better than any as a long shot. Um, Thirty five touchdowns last year. Five picks, uh, really, really a talented, a talented player. Um, got a lot back. That's gonna, that's gonna help them. Um, and I, I think that your t- the tough games they, they, they play, are, are mainly at home. Uh, I, I think that they have to go to Clemson. That's probably. The toughest game on the schedule, and I think that Clemson will beat them. I think Clemson bounces back this year. So that's a loss. So then I think maybe you lose to, you know, North Carolina. I think North Carolina State's going to beat them. Uh, I think Louisville can be tough. That, that that could pose some challenges. I think that Scott Satterfield has something good going there with uh, with Malik Willis. So that could be a challenge, but I mean, I see them winning 10 games. I, you know, I think they'll lose maybe to UNC or Louisville and I think they'll lose to Clemson, but I don't see any other losses. So uh, I'm, I'm very confident with, with over eight and a half for, for uh, the Wolfpack.
0: Two over so far, Joe, huh?
1: Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm getting the overs out of the way first. <laughs>
0: All right. I'm going to continue that trend. I'm going over Texas A&M over eight and a half. So I think Jimbo Fisher is, has these guys ready to play. Right. They have had great recruiting classes the past few years. Last year's win against Alabama really proved, I think, to the program that they can go in and beat anyone. If you look at their schedule this year, their schedule is tough. They have uh, early on, they have two games early to, you know, that they're considered uh, scheduled wins. However, the ones against app state, you know what happens, you know, when you play app state early in the year. Uh, but there's, you know, you have Michigan, you have Arkansas, there's the Alabama game you have, uh, Wisconsin, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Miss, uh, Mississippi. These are all ranked teams at the moment. In addition to that, you have Florida LSU, Auburn. It's going to be a tough schedule for these guys, but there's not much gap in the schedule. Um, I think, you know, after the first two weeks. I think they're just going to ride their momentum once they win a few games. I think they come up short against Alabama. Every other game, I think they they have the possibility to win. They need to win nine of them. You know, you have a little bit of room to work with there. Another two losses somewhere along the lines. You still hit the nine wins. I have Texas A&M over eight and a half.
1: Yeah, with with A and think that I don't know if if Jimbo's officially announced who's won the quarterback battle, but I, I believe it'll be Haynes King. Um, I think that that decision has to be right. you have you have your option with with Haynes King. You got a five star uh, freshman in in uh, in Connor Wagman, and then you have uh, the LSU transfer Mac, Max Johnson. but I, I think that I think King is the best bet for for Texas A&M, and m. and I do think that he gets off to a good start. So um I, I'm not not locking that one up, but i am uh, I am leaning with you um all on the over for Texas A and M. Who do you got next, Jeff? All right, let's stay in the same state and I'm gonna give you an under and it's the Texas Longhorns, uh, under eight and a half. I <laughs> I'm not we don't need to talk a long time about this. They have way too much hype going into the season. There is way too much hype around Quinn Ewers, who's never thrown a pass in college. They and I think the getting Arch Manning is like factoring into people's thinking is always gonna having a kid who's playing in high school like means something this year. You know what I mean? They're just kind of in the zeitgeist, they all anyone's talking about Texas, they do all this great recruiting. They were bad last year. They were bad. They had, they have injuries. The I mean, they they got to deal with that. And Then they have off field distractions where, uh, you know they get the receiver from transfer from Alabama who who gets arrested. You know, not too long ago. So I think there's a lot of hype. I think there's a lot going on. You know, around the program that's not, uh, you know, directly related to what's going on on the field. I don't think Steve is that like, <laughs> could have a coach. So I'm going under on Texas. I just think they're way, way, way overhyped. I think taking over eight and a half is a huge soccer bet. I mean, I think this is a six-win team. (laughs) Now you're going to tell me you have them over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, none of the same team's just yet. All right. So I got some questions for you before I give my next, uh, my next pick. Yep. Did you know that in the playoff era, only one team that's been ranked number one going into the season has won the national title?
1: I think I did know that.
0: All right. That team was Alabama in 2017. Yep. Now, of those one-seeded teams, all except for one has won at least 90% of their games. That okay. is a huge number. Right. I'm taking Alabama to go undefeated this year. Okay. Not that bold of a prediction. They're the best team in the country. They don't have that tough of a schedule, all things considered. I I just don't see them slipping up this year. Um, last year was considered a, a down year for them, or as uh, Urban Meyer says, a, a rebuilding year uh, yeah. for a team that lost in the national championship. I think right. they they come back strong, and I don't think they uh, they slip up at all this year. I, I see them going perfect.
1: Well, they're going to destroy Texas, so we we, we at least at least uh, at least we know that. Um, e- yeah, it's not gonna surprise me if they if they win every game on their schedule. You you obviously have to look out for, you know, Arkansas, Texas AM. I think Tennessee is a little bit better. Uh, but I mean you get out of there not playing Georgia. So that that helps. And and you know, Georgia's lost so much that um they, they might have a little bit of a tough go. But I, I do agree that Alabama is the best team in the country. So uh
0: I'm I mean not they're, a, they're gonna be double digit favorites, I, two touchdown favorites seven what, favorites in do, every single game. What what's the what line did you find? Do you find eleven? So there's two lines uh, that that I found out there. The one is 11, but you're laying some money. Yeah. Uh, the other 11 and a half, but it was I think plus 115. So okay, get a little yeah. money coming your way. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you're gonna you're gonna do it, you might as well uh, do it right. Um. All right. Let me stay in the uh, in the SEC. But one <laughs> one of the teams that Alabama is gonna gonna beat by uh, 80 points is uh, Vanderbilt.
0: <clears throat>
1: all right. Vanderbilt caught a break i think they start their season playing in hawaii everyone knows that's always a tough game because you have to travel to hawaii to play it hawaii is so bad this year vanderbilt is going to hawaii in that first game and they are eight point favorites (laughs) in hawaii and we're talking about vanderbilt so what what exactly does vandy have going for them again i think they have a good coach they have clark lee who's um, in his second year there, I believe, who was a previous defense coordinator at um, at Notre Dame, um, and I think that on the defensive side of the ball, they have. You know, I mentioned I'm, I'm really excited for you know Joey Porter and Jackson Smith and Jigba, but a player who's kind of under the radar. And you look, you're not going to watch Vanderbilt football games unless you have money on them. So if you do, uh, keep an eye out for for linebacker uh, Anthony Orgi. Uh, he's he's on the SEC, I believe, third team, but uh, you know he's a senior. He's a menace. He's going to make a ton of plays. Uh, he's a real, really good player. So I think that, uh, I think that that works in their favor. They're going to, they're going to have a, a, you know, a stalwart defensive player who can, who can, you know, hopefully stop, stop some of these teams. Now I, I said they caught a caught a break. So Wake Forest is going to be without Sam Hartman, their starting quarterback. I, I, you know, reports have been. Kind of mixed. I'm not exactly sure what the latest is, but he'll definitely miss that game. Now, are you going to go beat Wake Forest? I don't know, but it makes it a little bit a little bit easier. So you also you also have Elon and Northern Illinois. You're going to beat Elon. You're going to beat Hawaii. I'm going to lock that in. So now you just have to beat Wake without their quarterback. And God knows what it looks like the third week of the season when you're playing Wake Forest, you know, two weeks removed from Sam Hartman not playing. Uh, Is Wake's backup going to come in and, and play well and, you know, they'll come in and cruise maybe uh but could they be scrambling yes so i think that uh vandy wins two games automatically and then you just have to beat northern illinois um steal a win from somebody later on in the season or or take care of uh, uh wake forest which w- will be tough but um with without their quarterback it it makes it interesting so i think vandy's one of the teams that you know you could cash that bet pretty early in the season if you're going to cash it at all uh but i mean you got to be a little bold to uh to, 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 take the Commodores, uh, to win three games. But, uh, what can I say? I'm a, I'm a bold guy.
0: Bold indeed. I, uh, any others that, uh, you have for the, for the national landscape?
1: Uh, yeah, just quickly one more, and this is, uh, you're probably going to show my, my Penn state, uh, Homerism, but I'm going to go with, uh, old dominion university. I'm taking over four and a half. So of course, ODU is coached by Ricky Ronnie, who is a former uh, offensive coordinator at Penn state. Why ODU now they move into some belt schedule's much harder, but last year uh they won five of their final six games. So they won five games in a row at the end of the season to become bowl eligible and ended up losing in their bowl game. So they were one of the teams that actually canceled the whole season the COVID year. So they didn't play. Um it took a while to gel, but but here we are. So um I think that 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 momentum is carrying forward. They they return a lot of players, same quarterback. Uh they have Zach Koontz, who was a, a real high uh a highly touted recruit for Penn state at one point at, at tight end, they get the receivers back. So they're in good shape. And, and back to the point you made uh, um, a couple teams ago, they lost three games by one score or less last year. So, I mean, you're talking ball bounces the other way. ODU winning eight games last year. So I, th- I think they get over this, this four and a half. I, I don't think they're going to win eight games, but I think they could win five or six. I think they will win five games. And I think they could win six or seven games. So um, it's, it's, Possibly a, a little bit of a, of a of a sleeper pick, but I think uh, I think they get over that 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 four and a half. That's all I got. And it's good though; we're, we're doing this now because we're not going to lose anybody's trust uh, until the end <laughs> of the season with these picks. And I don't remember them by that anyway. So.
0: <laughs> so there you have our college football win totals, Joe. Before we close out. Uh, what are your predictions? Uh, any any long shots or or favorites you like to win the national title this year?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think Alabama does does win the national title this year. Um, but if if something were to go awry, you know, there's a couple. You know, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a semi long shot, and then I'll give you a, a legitimate long shot. I, I so think you think a, they
0: win the title? Is that um, you know, is that something you're willing to bet on?
1: Yeah probably a wet my beak i mean i'm seeing plus 200 right now is that is that what you're what you're seeing too
0: yeah i mean i I see you know plus 180 uh so you you seem to be getting a little bit better better odds there yeah um i I think i think alabama's gonna win the national title No, not a bold prediction there but i I don't see any value in in that in that yeah
1: well yeah i'll tell you where the the value comes is you know what if you can you can find uh a place to take a bet where it's you know Alabama to beat Ohio State in the national title, something like that. You can you can increase his odds a little bit, which which actually might not be a bad bet. That's that's probably how it's going to shake out, honestly. Uh, but but a mid a mid shot that I I, I like uh, is Miami, and and I go back, you know, there's look they're breaking a new coach, and and Mario Cristobal is a great coach, but regardless, this is a new coach. Miami wasn't bad last year. Um, you have you have one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Tyler Van Dyke, and I think. He's a guy that a lot of people are gonna are gonna be putting Heisman wagers on. If if Miami's gonna have you know success, um, it's gonna be because of Tyler Van Dyke. So uh, that that that's a Heisman pick for you. There is a little little added bonus. But uh, uh, Miami at plus four thousand intrigues me. And then look, I want to I want to go back to him. NC State, give me the Wolfpack at plus ten thousand. That would be my. Uh, my long shot to to maybe just, just sprinkle a little bit on, but uh, it's, it's so difficult to win a national championship and it's, it's a hard thing to project, but yeah, you never know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Funny you mentioned that. So there have been, let's see, six teams, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio state, and Oklahoma that have uh, taken up 25 of the 32 playoff spots. Yeah. So we're really looking at a limited number of, of teams here. And that is why, I think a good long shot this year is Notre Dame. Now, okay. I think early on Notre Dame's obviously they've had a lot of turnover. They may run into some trouble early in the year. You know, you can read that as they play Ohio State the first game of the year. Two things that can happen, right? Uh, their odds right now are, let's see, plus 6,000 to win the national title. Okay. So
1: you got a better I think, line. I got plus 4,000 here. So you got a better line. I think line everyone expects,
0: yeah. expects Ohio State to win that game. Yep. Uh, Ohio State wins that game. The committee tends to, I don't know, just overlook any early season losses. If they get hot and they win 11 straight, or even they, you know, stumble again early, uh, and they and they win out, I think there's a chance that they that they still make the playoff, uh, being that they have the history of making it. Yeah. Um, and if they just have that one loss early in the year, I think they get in. Yeah. That, so the- two things there. They do that, they get in. Um, lost to Ohio State, went out, they're in. If yep. they beat Ohio State, the next five, six, seven games, really until they play Clemson toward the end of the year, are games that they should win. So you have an opportunity there to really cash out. You know, you're know, you putting that money on them, banking on them being Ohio State. They do that. You have the opportunity to cash out before the end of the year. And uh, yeah, you don't have your mind tied up for the entire season.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Our, well, yeah, our long shots, at least uh, one of mine and, and Notre Dame, both brand new coaches. Uh, Uh, this year it's, it's really, I mean, I can't remember another college football season where it's been that kind of crazy with the, the, the coaching carousel, the way things shook out with, uh, a lot of moving parts. And, um, it's, it's, it's going to make for a really exciting season. And, and like I said, I legitimately cannot wait for college football to begin. I'm just beyond excited for, uh, for week zero this Saturday and, and beyond.
0: And six more months of football, six, six more months of football every single weekend. I can't wait.
1: It's great. It's it's the best thing ever. I I I I want to leave a piece of advice for for people right now, uh, and I'll tell, I'll share a quick story. So, Shane and I lived together for three years, and uh, the first day of college football season, the first Penn State game, I would uh, get a Bluetooth speaker and put it directly outside Shane's bedroom door, and I would blast the Zombie Nation version where they say "We are Penn State" in it as loud as I possibly could, uh, eight o'clock in the morning, you know, the start of college game day, of course, to, to, to wake Shane up and get him ready for the, uh, ready for the season. So uh, I obviously can't do that now with a, uh, eight o'clock Thursday night game, which, which sucks, <laughs> but, um, if you are, my advice would be, if you are, you know, in your, your early 20s and you have the opportunity to just sit on your couch and watch football for 12 hours uh, for the next uh, six months, I, I would do it. I, I would highly recommend spending every Saturday and Sunday doing that because you're going to get to a point where you're married, you have a kid, and you just can't do that anymore. So, I mean, I do still, and I'm married with a kid, but uh, you're going to get to a point where it's a lot more difficult. So enjoy it while you can because it is truly the just the greatest thing in the world. It's just great. I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited we're starting this podcast at the start of football season, literally the timing could not have been any better.
0: Joe, Why don't you uh, tell the audience what we have in store coming up on future episodes?
1: Yeah, for sure. So we are a, uh, you know, a Philly based uh, podcast and we're going to talk a lot about Penn state football. We're going to make fun of temple football a lot this season, Uh, but we're also obviously going to talk about the Phillies who are, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say right now they're in the playoffs that that team is, we're going to have a red October and it's going to be incredible. They're, They're there. The Brewers stink. They're not going to catch anyone. I think the Phillies will actually finish probably fifth in the uh, in the standings in that second wild card spot behind the Braves pretty, pretty friendly. So we're going to have a ton of Phillies talk. Like I said, they're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, We're going to get into, you know, the Sixers as as that season heats up. We're going to talk a ton about the Eagles. We're going to give, you know, we're going to give a a more bets than you can handle on, on the NFL, I'm sure. We're going to talk a lot about fantasy football, uh, you know, setting your lineups, giving, giving our opinions there. I've won our league four times, so I probably could give a better opinion than Shane. He's only won it twice. Um, but uh, we're we're gonna have a lot, lot for you this uh this football season and beyond. So uh we're we're very excited. We hope you uh we hope you enjoy it and we hope you will uh continue uh following us throughout the season.
0: For Joe Simonera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, remember, great. Review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself.
1: Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?